Can you go around and just tell us about yourself in the studio? Sure. My name is Justin Hager. I'm the Communications Director for California State Assemblyman Mike Gatto. Uh, the Assemblyman represents the 43rd State Assembly District, which includes Hollywood, uh, Silver Lake, Los Feliz, Glendale, Burbank, La Crescenta, La Cañada, Atwater Village. I think I've got them all. Oh, Montrose. We don't want to ever forget Montrose. Mm. Um, my own personal background is I come from Wisconsin. I am a lifetime cyclist. And someone who is very proud to have met Damien through work, but is now proud to say that he is a very close friend of mine, as is JJ and the LA County Bicycle Coalition. And I'm JJ Hoffman. I'm the Events and Development Director for the Los Angeles County Bicycle Coalition. I um, I moved to Los Angeles in 1990, and I've always ridden a bike. Um, I th- I fell in love with this city. On my bicycle, and um, but I was always astonished to feel like I was the only one, really. I felt like at the time that I was the only one that did it, and I thought everyone else was crazy. Um, I hung out with, started hanging out with the Bike Coalition in 2002, doing their river ride. I, I, um, I just participated, and I had such a great time. So I started volunteering for them um, and then started making fun rides for them, like the ice cream rides and uh, other other tasty rides and spooky <laughs> rides and and so then they asked me to to do the river ride for them and um, and then sort of that's the rest is history. Good. Uh, my name is uh, Damien Kevitt. I am uh, a survivor of a hit and run accident of gruesome details, which I'll I'll get into very shortly. But I'm a uh, native of Los Angeles, grew up here. Um, uh, went to school around Los Angeles. Uh, actually, majored in marine biology at University of California at Santa Barbara. And um, I've been bicycling for many years, uh, commuter bicycling, touring, and uh, more recently getting into being an advocate as a bicyclist because of the unfortunate circumstances that I've had to go through and realize that I don't want someone else to have to experience that. May I just say, despite his gruesome accident, Damien is still a very handsome young man for all the ladies out there. His wife wouldn't appreciate me saying that, but – oh, maybe she would. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she'd go for that. That's totally fine. <laughs> um, well, my my accident was uh, about a year ago, um, February 17th. I was riding my bicycle with my wife in Griffith Park. And uh, we were uh, just a morning ride, going to go to have lunch in Griffith Park over at the L.A. Zoo and uh, on riding along the, the L.A. River Path and came off uh, Zoo Drive. For those of you who know where that all is, you can picture it, uh, Zoo Drive. And we were right over the 5 freeway on the overpass on the streets. And uh, I stress on the streets because every now and then someone goes, why were you on the freeway? I was uh, struck on the streets um, by uh, an individual in a light-colored minivan. And um, I ended up on the hood of his car and then fell down in front of his car, and he took off uh, from that accident and dragged me nearly a quarter of a mile from the streets onto the 5 freeway with me underneath the car and being pinned underneath the car, uh, attempting to get him to stop, but realizing that uh, it was up to me to survive the accident and come out the other end because he was not stopping. He was only speeding up. And I did. I I came out the other end with my right leg partially amputated by the accident. My left leg mangled very badly, Um, broke over 20 bones, 10 ribs, shattered my right shoulder, 
ground down my rear end practically to the bone as I was being dragged on the, the freeway, down the freeway, and uh, numerous other injuries. Um, but basically, the, the key thing is, is I survived, and it was, uh, it was one of the most intense things you could possibly go through. I mean, if anyone's ever been in a situation where they are realizing that they've got seconds to live or die, and uh, then you'll know what I mean, because that's what it was. It was, it was seconds. And probably a couple more seconds, and I would have been just literally a skid mark on the freeway. I wouldn't have been much more than that. But I survived. Uh, my wife, unfortunately, got to watch the entire thing and was the first person to find me. She rode her bike onto the freeway where I was laying on the freeway when I finally got out from the end of the car and um, you know, found me alive to her surprise and uh, conscious, talking and... Amazingly, you know, it's it's a funny thing because on one hand, you know, you think how unlucky and how horrible, you know, that must have been. On the other hand, I was super lucky. I mean, I don't know how many people can talk about going down the five freeway at 50 miles an hour for a quarter of a mile and live to tell about it, let alone be up and walking and riding my bicycle yet a few months later. So that was... Uh, an incident I would would not wish on my worst enemy. Amazing. You were telling me that you were uh, conscious throughout the entire thing and and desperately pounding on the undercarriage and this car and and tell him what tell everybody what you said to your wife when she saw you. <laughs> I can't say the exact words on on radio, but um, <laughs> it was appropriate. I can assure you, but. Um, yeah, I was I was underneath, and I, I there was an exact point actually when I was on the on ramp, and I could actually I could walk someone through what was happening moment by moment. Um, I maintained enough consciousness throughout most of it that I can actually tell you the exact point where I was literally looking up, pounding on the underside of the car. I actually pounded on the the exhaust pipe and burned my hands, and um, and trying to figure out how to get free and realizing that I had seconds to live or die. And that was a very exact moment and thinking, I am not giving up. I am not leaving at this particular point in time. This is, this is, not, this is not my exit. You know what I mean? I've got more to do. Do you recall what the reaction of the other motorists around you were? You know, did anybody stop? Were there, were, there, were there other heroes in this story? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, it's quite possible I wouldn't be talking to you today if it weren't for those other heroes. Um, there was a car that was actually saw the accident and, and had taken off after this driver. So they, and then they realized it was a hit and run, and, and this driver was attempting to escape and was speeding up down the on ramp to try to catch up to him. Um, and luckily, was far enough away from him that when I came out from the rear of, of this van that I was trapped underneath, they were able to stop fast enough, and they stopped and they parked their car in front of me to protect me from any un- other oncoming traffic and wow. open their doors and, you know, put on their lights. And, and they just basically protected me, which prevented me from being, you know, a multiple roadkill type accident. Um, and then immediately, as soon as I was on the freeway, my wife was the first person that found me. And I, I just, you know, I won't tell you the exact words, but, you know, she looked down at me. And I looked up at her and I said, this bleeping sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? And those were the best words she, she could have possibly have uh, heard from me because that meant I was alive. She thought for sure I'd, I hadn't survived through that accident. 
Um, but immediately, within a minute or two, I had a, an off-duty emergency room doctor, Dr. Wasserman, I believe is his name, and I've uh, actually contacted him since to thank him personally. And he just saw what happened, saw me come out from underneath the car and immediately pulled over and came running up. And I remember his words, I'm a doctor, I'm here to help. And within 30 seconds, an off-duty paramedic actually stopped and pulled over and said, I'm a paramedic, I'm here to help. And so I had two highly trained emergency <laughs> triage individuals, you know, beside me, as well as my wife, who was amazingly calm considering what had just happened and was helping and and they were taking care of me in those, you know, critical first few moments uh, before the paramedics arrived and then were able to transport me off to uh, L.A. County USC Hospital where they have an excellent trauma unit and, uh, and were able to take care of me and, and ensure that I made it. I, I want to take just a moment, you know, it, um, to emphasize the importance of that car that did stop and protect you. I, we see the epidemic in, in L.A. of hit-and-runs continue with, you know, just um, a couple days ago, another hit-and-run victim who was struck by not one car but two cars. Yeah. Um, and that stunning footage that, that was on, on the news in the last couple nights, you know, I, I think it's so important for people to recognize not only is there an imperative to stop and render aid when you hit somebody. But if you see someone who's hit, please stop and help because I, I think you would agree that that's one of probably one of the primary reasons you're still standing here. Yeah, and it's one of the reasons I'm still here with, uh, you know, one and a half legs to stand on. But if the person who, you know, I had the collision with had stopped and I don't, you know, they didn't intend to hit me. I have no doubt about that. I don't think they were aiming for me or they were ill-willed when we collided um, and, and I might even, I could even see from their viewpoint, maybe they didn't see me as well. It was, you know, I could see how it, the accident occurred. If he had simply stopped, I would still have a leg and I wouldn't have had 20 plus broken bones and I wouldn't still be going through physical therapy. And, you know, I wouldn't have lost months of my life in a hospital, you know, n unable to move. I would have maybe had a few scratches and that's, that's a point of moral, obligation that any citizen has in a society is to to render aid to someone who needs help and especially if you are the cause intentionally or unintentionally of that um, accident of, of that injury you know it's that's a, a simple logical uh, responsibility of a a normal civilized individual what were those first few weeks like, those first few few days, few weeks, few months after the accident? Uh, the first few days were hellacious. Um, the amount of trauma uh, to the body. Uh, amazingly, you know, I, I've described some of the gruesomeness of the, of the accident. Uh, amazingly, because I was wearing a bicycle helmet, and I can't recommend bicycle helmets enough to anyone uh, riding, uh, I, I'm alive. I, I actually, if I had not been wearing a bicycle helmet, I probably would have been unconscious and I would have been run over, uh, undoubtedly. And my right leg was run over and was crushed and I lost my right leg. I would not have survived that accident. I would have been roadkill instantaneously uh, as a result of his tires over my chest, body, head. Um, but I got out of the way uh, from that. Um, but... I amazingly survived with no head injuries, no neck injuries, no spinal cord injuries, no internal organ injuries, and that's largely because of some fast thinking that I was able to do because I was conscious. 
Um, but those first few weeks were were just uh, hellacious. I mean, the the emotional and the physical trauma combined were a bit rough, you know, to putting it very mildly. Yet at the same time, it was in within those first few days that I looked down on my leg and I was like, okay, you know what? I am getting back on my bicycle and I'm going to finish the ride. <laughs> I I have to cut in here, you know, I this is Justin with Assemblyman Gatto's office and we we became involved very early um in Damien's story within days we had contacted the family um the assemblyman took a very active interest in the story and I had the pleasure of getting to know your mother very very well during that period and she speaking, is an amazing person I can't I can't recommend my mother enough to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and she, I, you know, I wasn't fortunate enough, to meet, fortunate enough to meet you until several months after. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will never forget, you know, hearing hearing the stories on the news and reading the stories in the newspaper of this just gruesome, gruesome accident, and how terrible it must have been, and how awful you must have felt. And then I'd talk to your mother and I'd ask, ask how you were doing and she would go, oh, he's got a smile on his face and he's just – you know, you just can't put his spirit down. That Damien, he, he wants, to, he wants to, to finish the ride that he started. He wants to organize for charity. He's already thinking big plans and I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> you know, it, it's – I've, I've been accused not so maliciously of being a, a hopeless optimist. And I've always, I've learned, you know, I, before my accident, uh, and still even after my accident, um, I was, I've been a counselor at my church for many, many years. And so I've actually counseled other people, um, on, you know, through traumatic accidents and through traumatic incidents such as divorce and things like that. And, and one of the things I learned throughout all of that was the simplicity of setting future goals that one can accomplish to carry one through a rough spot. And that's just a, a such a simple little stable thing. And that's it would literally the first thing as soon as I could, as soon as I realized that I was alive and I, I was going to make it. And I, you know, this was this was relatively speaking, a setback and I would be able to move forward from there. I was instantaneously going good. How are we going to take this and how are we going to move this forward into something good? JJ, how does that mesh with stories you hear from other hit-and-run victims and just from your knowledge with the Bicycle Coalition? You know, Damien is really one of a kind. Um, we have, unfortunately, we've we've talked to other hit-and-run victims, and I know personally a few hit-and-run victims, and it's a very traumatic event um, for for people. Um, not only, you know, I've... I've met people who've been who've had their heads cracked open and um they've survived but you know then it certainly it tells them wear a helmet (laughs) 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 that's one thing that it's told them and um and they are and then it's also created advocates out of them um i i know at least oh i'd say 10 people personally who um after being struck by a car and not having aid rendered um it's made them want to help as well, um, you know, want to work on on um, advocacy, just reaching out to um, other other cyclists, um, cha- making change happen on the ground, um, education to motorists. But sadly, I mean, some of these cyclists who've been through this, they're really scared. 
it's it's really difficult for them to get back on their bicycles. Sure. Yeah. Um, because they just, you know, they don't trust anymore. And I, I have a friend who, unfortunately, this has happened to him twice. And the second time it happened to him, it wasn't um, such a, a horrible incident. He really came out with minor injuries. But the emotional trauma, because this has happened to him twice now, the emotional trauma is really is too much for him. And he hasn't been back on his bicycle. Um, he he does intend to one day get back on his bicycle, but he's he's pretty shook up. Understandably so. I mean, the uh, I, I've met a number of people now who have been victims of hit and run accidents, and it takes a strong will um, to get back, whether it's into a car or whether you know get back on the street as a, a pedestrian. I mean, hit and run accidents are not just a bicycle thing. That's actually a minority of the hit and run accidents are are bicyclists. Um, they cover all, all forms of transportation and, you know, it, it takes a very strong person to be able to overcome those, those fears and those apprehensions and that trauma and move forward from it. It's not an easy thing. It wasn't easy for me, even though, you know, you, you both are very complimentary and make it, you know, sound like I'm, I'm some amazing person, but (laughs) you know, it's, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing. And it does require a really a, a special sort of will. That you've mentioned several times now that you wanted to finish the ride. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. What are your plans to finish the ride, Damien? As I say with a smile. Oh, and yeah, a smirk. of course. <laughs> um, finish the ride. Well, you know, it was it was simply I want to finish the ride, you know, finish the ride that I started. And it's simply just the idea, you know, you're on a horse, you fall off the horse, you get back on the horse, you finish the ride. You know, it's just that's what you do, you know, and that's what I've grown up with is those sort of moral values of, you know, you don't, you don't take something and then just run away from it. You, you have to get back and you, you confront whatever you've run into and you move forward. And, um, it, it's grown, it's become its own, you know, living, breathing creature. And, and it's actually become a charity bicycle ride, um, benefiting Los Angeles County Bicycle Coalition, uh, which I cannot say enough about as an incredible organization, and uh, Challenge Athletes Foundation, which is another incredible charity. And um, it's, it's literally, I am literally finishing the ride that I started and never finished a year ago. And except I'm doing it this time with a thousand other bicyclists joining me. Yeah, hundreds of your, your <laughs> new closest friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, the purpose of it, Besides just being an awesome, uh, fun time with, you know, lots of other bicyclists and, you know, entertainment and things like that, the purpose of it really is to to both highlight bicycle safety and really raise awareness of everyone in Los Angeles about the epidemic of hit-and-run accidents and to use that as a vehicle for change on that subject and, you know, supporting legislation like, for instance, what Assemblyman Gatto is has proposed uh, AB 1532, which is a very important bill that needs to uh, move through the lines. And um, but it in itself is is a first step in terms of handling, you know, stemming the tide of hit and run accidents that you know up until this year, you know, including this year, is just continuing to increase. It's not getting better. It's um, per the LAPD's own report uh, just a few months ago, the number of hit and run accidents. And injuries and deaths as a result of that is greater than all of the injuries and deaths uh, as a result of DUI. So we're no longer looking at DUI as being the major 
you know, factor in terms of what's killing people on the streets. It's now hit and run. Yeah, my understanding of that, too, is the, the proportion of hit and runs in L.A. It's it's not simply a matter of, oh, there are more hit and runs because there are more drivers, but uh, I believe the LAPD's own statistics showed something in the realm of uh, it was either 43 or 48% of all hit and r- of all uh, accidents in Los Angeles are hit and runs, as oh. which compares to only 11% as the national average of yeah. percentage. Yeah, that was a that was actually an investigative piece that was done by a journalist, and actually that was based off of uh, an individual who I I got to meet just the other day, who his son was killed in a hit and run accident, right. and he did a lot of that work, and then a, um, a journalist actually picked up that work and did um, some more investigating against the numbers and found the number that 48% of all accidents, and this was in the year 2009, and it's only gotten worse, so I can't imagine what the percentage is now, uh, are hit-and-run accidents. And that's extremely disproportionate to the number of, in, of hit-and-run accidents or the percentage of hit-and-run accidents in, Los An- in the rest of the country, that is, which is about 11% of the av- is average. Um, it's not even comparable. And that's that's by far... Uh, from anything that we can tell is by far the worst of any city in the U.S. Um, and, you know, that's just, I don't know. I, I don't know about anyone else's viewpoint on that, but I think it's just, it's gross. It's not civilization. It's its a, just a point of insanity. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, how do you see Finish the Ride helping to address this situation? I mean, we're going to be talking a bit more about the legislation in a mm-hmm. bit. Um, I think, you know, we're going to try to bring JJ into the conversation a bit more to talk about what the Bicycle Coalition is doing on this front, um, as well as a number of other efforts, uh, for example, from uh, Council Member Tom LaBonge, who has been mm-hmm. extremely, extremely helpful. But where do you see Finish the Rides role in this? And can you tell us some of the details about the, the actual logistical details about Finish the Ride? Um, Finish the Ride is part of a, a multifaceted strategy. And... It, it really much, you know, I'm not the first person that's, that's working on this area, nor will I be the last person. I am nearly another drummer that is beating the drums on this subject in outrage, you know, really at, at what's going on. And um, I may be the loudest drummer. I may be the most effective at this point in time. But... It's really – it's the combined voice of so many people that are just starting to go, that's enough. And Finish the Ride is really taking all of those voices and putting them together in one venue and including media and including, you know, important people like uh, Councilman Tom LaBonge and State Assembly Mike Gatto and Council Mitchell Farrell and others who definitely see this as a growing problem that needs to be addressed and – it includes things such as petition drives. It includes things such as uh, media attention on the subject. And it includes just the sheer number of people. I mean, Finish the Ride is going to be a massive number of people there, both having a great time but also expressing their interest in this subject um, as as a problem that needs to be addressed. How many are you anticipating? Um, on the low side, we're figuring low side 700 I'd like to have two thousand. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah. And what is the what is the planned route for the ride? What's the dates, times? We might as well get those thrown out at least once before we. Oh yeah. Get the first uh, April twenty seventh. Uh, it's going from Hollywood. Um, 
It's going basically from from my church in Hollywood where I've been working and where I basically started my ride uh, a while ago. And um, when I actually had my accident, I started right from there. And leaving there, going through um, Los Angeles to uh, Riverside Drive onto Griffith Park and ending at the Autry Museum. And there's three rides total uh, for those who want to have just a short, fun ride. Uh, anyone can do this fun ride. It's six miles. You know, pretty much if you have two legs, or in my case, a leg and a half, you can you can do this fun ride. Um, Great for families. Yes, it's a it's bring a the family family oriented ride. Kids can come. In fact, kids from you know under the age of fourteen, fourteen under are free, so, and you can come and, and spend the day at the Autry Museum or the LA Zoo. And there's going to be bike valet there to take care of your bike so that you can you know know that your bikes are safe. There's going to be food. There's going to be live entertainment. We've got this great band, the the, the happiness happiness swing band. They're going to be alive. It's like I think it's like a six piece brass. You know, got brass uh, and bass and you know playing swing and and live uh, pop music and things like that. And uh, we've got some incredible uh, acts actually playing there. Um, a group called Limitless, which if you ever get a chance, check it out on YouTube. They're they're quite a little little act going on there. I'll I'll let you surprise you as to what all that is. And um, there's two other rides. There's a 12-mile ride and there's a 23-mile ride, which the 23-mile ride, uh, don't let it fool you, is a 2,000-foot elevation gain. It's, it's, we call it the leg burn ride, and pretty much any serious cyclist uh, is going to have fun and, with that particular ride. 12-mile ride's a great ride. It's going to be, um, you know, it's kind of in between everything. So if you like bicycling and you want to get out there and, and have a good, get a good sweat up going, you can do the 12-mile ride if you don't want to, you know, really – Work your uh, your muscles there on the 23 mile ride, and and uh, they all end at the Autry Museum, uh, where we're having a whole expo, uh, bicycle safety expo with a lot of vendors, free stuff, raffles, things like that. So it's going to be a a great time. And may I say, Damien's designed the nicest jersey I've ever seen, <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's saying a lot. Yeah, JJ's been through a lot of jerseys, and been through uh, a lot of jerseys. <laughs> um, my designer. Uh, which I have to – Ron Pereira has done an incredible job as a designer, and he's designed a lot of the promo, but he created this awesome jersey. So for those bicycle enthusiasts who collect jerseys as part of their their activities of doing bicycling and rides and stuff like that, this jersey is going to blow you away. You've never seen anything like mm-hmm. it. It's mm-hmm. true. Well, and I will say I'm, I'm actually using the 23-mile ride as a training ground for the L.A. River Ride Century, mm-hmm. which we will probably talk about a little bit yeah. um, in a bit. But I'm very excited that that you've provided these options to make it a very family-friendly venue while also providing options for, you know, more serious and seasoned cyclists mm-hmm. yeah. to, to get a leg burn in, as you would say. That's right. And it is it is a police-escorted ride. So on the streets of Los Angeles, it's very safe. There's not going to be cars you're fighting with or anything like that. It's going to be everyone there with police escort. So it's it's a very safe ride for all types of people, young and old. Well, that is a great segue um, my understanding is that the police escort has been uh, has been created and logistically planned with an immense amount of support from uh, Councilmember Tom Labonge, yeah, um, and his office. They have a wonderful staff over there. And you've mentioned Assemblymember Mike Gatto a couple times, who will be joining us on the air in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you tell me about the political reaction in the immediate aftermath? You know, going back to your to your story and your journey, um, how did you find local officials, the local police, 
you know, what what was the sort of government's response to this? Uh, in terms of the ride or in terms of my accident? Or Your accident. My accident originally, um, you know, it was it was very fortuitous um, timing-wise because, you know, there are a few people that have started to, in you know, in the government, specifically State Assembly Mike Gatto, who already saw this problem and knew that it needed to be addressed and had just introduced legislation at the time um, for regarding handling the extending the statute of limitations of hit and run accidents. And obviously, you know, I was thrust into this situation uh, unwillingly, but, you know, once you're there, you can't turn your back on it in terms of the, the problem of hit and run accidents in Southern California. And we, we, you know, we immediately teamed up with your office to do something about it. It's been a bit of an uphill battle. It's not been an easy thing to get everyone's attention mm-hmm. onto this particular subject. Um, originally, you know, it's just a few people. It's, you know, uh, State Assembly of Mike Gatto and a handful of others that have been willing to really stick their neck out as, you know, this is something that I want to address as a growing problem. And... As, you know, you've seen more and more of this stuff happening on the news and as more and more people have been become victims of it. And unfortunately, you know, I don't want to have a growing mass of people uh, saying we don't want hit and run accidents because they're all missing legs like me or their family members are dead. You know, that's not the way to recruit people into this, you know, struggle. It's, you know, I want people who are (laughs) not affected by this to stand up and say, hey, we don't think this is okay. But as that mass of people has increased, there have been more politicians and more government officials who have started to look at this as a real situation. You know, embarrassingly, and I'm just going to state the facts, you know, it really took a lot of effort to even get to the point where the LAPD was even willing to issue a report saying that there are some facts and figures. They were not tracking the facts and figures of hit and run accidents up until that particular point in time. And even now, they're just now starting to work out how to track hit-and-run accidents. Um, yet we have gross figures like 48% of all accidents being hit-and-run and, and no one even willing to even, you know, really just categorize what types and where does it come from and to start addressing the problem from a statistical viewpoint. I mean, I, I should say, you know, from, from my experience working with Assemblyman Gatto's office, you know, we got involved – Initially, because of this legislation that you that you mentioned, um, it was AB one eighty four last year uh, that would that extended the statute of limitations on hit and runs from three to six years. It doubled the amount of time that police have to investigate and prosecutors have to prosecute these hit and run offenders. And I'm very proud to say that despite some presumably long odds going into it, that that bill did pass both houses of the legislature, and we were very pleased to see it signed by Governor Brown last year. Um, but my involvement personally in this story really was non-legislative. I mean, we came out to support you just as someone who lived in our district, who mm-hmm. was a constituent, and the accident occurred just blocks from from our district office in Burbank. Yeah. And so, you know, myself and the district director, Jason in Sulaco, um, just a couple weeks after you'd been hit, there were still no leads. We There was this vague description of a light-colored van. And so we set out to do a canvassing in the soccer fields in the area um, just as citizens, as neighbors, not even as representatives of Mike Gatto. And I think while in the end nothing came of that, that was a really inspirational moment for me personally 
to see the community come together. I mean, we, we organized that canvassing event about a day before it happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And yet, you know, every major news network was there. The L.A. County Bicycle Coalition sent, you know, got their volunteers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Don Ward and the Midnight Riders and Wolfpack Hustle um, were there to support. There were so many different groups and individuals that came together. Churches sent people. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we ended up with about 60 volunteers out there that day, and every news network in the city, both English and Spanish-speaking, yeah. um, to cover the story and try to get the word out. And that really gave me a lot of hope and faith yeah. moving forward. You know, um, Damien's case was just was so horrific. I know for us in the bicycling community, we all just we rallied. But even before, years before um, Damien's accident, the bicycle community has rallied time and time again over different accidents and incidents like these and it has felt really frustrating as we um, gather up all of our collective energy go down to these transportation meetings and hearings and and um, and get the press to come and we uh, and talk about these cases specific cases like uh, I don't want to say anybody's case like by name but um, you know we've uh, it, it just feels like now this with this, we're finally getting somewhere because it, mm-hmm. it's it's been a, it's been it's been tough for us to just do all this case by case by case and feel like every time we do it, we get somewhere with just the one person's case, and then it just goes back yeah. to where we started. And as an organization, a coalition who advocates for um, improved bicycling, the improved bicycling environment. How are we? How are we just going to? How are we going to make any change? We're just going to be fighting the same battle over and over and over again. Yeah, and and that's something that as I was going through all of this, um, you know, and looking at at what's happened with hit run accidents and what's happened in the past, I really realized that there needs to be a collective voice, mm-hmm. and in, until you have that collective voice of the citizens together standing up and saying that this is not something that we're okay with and we want, you know, safe streets to to grow up on, to exercise on, to live on. We don't want to be in fear of, you know, walking across the street in a crosswalk and being mowed over and someone just running off and, you know, dragging us underneath the car or something like that, like what happened just a few days ago. Um, You know, unless that collective voice is together Mm -hmm. rising up, there's not going to be any significant change because it really is, and it is a democracy and no matter it's faults and it's, you know, various different things that may not be correct about it or should be changed for the better. The point is it still works from the viewpoint of a collective voice, um, making a difference and using your representatives and using your people. We are joined on the air now by California State Assemblyman Mike Gatto, a man that I call not only my friend but also my boss. And I'm going to introduce him uh, by stealing a little a little piece from uh, Tim Conway Jr. by welcoming the big cat to the air. <laughs> Assemblyman Gatto, how are you doing tonight, sir? I am doing great, Justin, and thank you for that nice introduction. <laughs> <laughs> you are most welcome. We've been speaking with Damien Kevitt, uh, who you know, and JJ, who is from the L.A. County Bicycle Coalition. 
And we've been talking a bit about Damien's case in particular, uh, Finish the Ride, his campaign to help raise awareness of hit and runs uh, while also raising some funding for challenged athletes and the Bicycle Coalition. And we were just discussing a little bit about your legislation last year um, and getting ready to move into your legislation this year. So I'm wondering if you could start by giving us a bit of background on your legislation last year, AB 184, and what inspired you to introduce legislation regarding hit and runs, and you know what what happened with that bill. Well, sure. So, so first of all, um, the the inspiration question is easiest to answer because um, you know uh, two individuals who I'm on the air with right now were really the inspiration for both of these pieces of legislation and. I just want to start by saying, you know, it's an honor to be here with you guys. Um, you know, it, really, I, I am in awe of your activism and all the stuff that you've done to raise the awareness on this issue, which is really important. Thank Basically, you. Basically, you know, there's, there's a new concept, I think, emerging in the law that certain people who use the road are so-called vulnerable road users. And um, I think those people include, um, well, anybody with human tissue and, and probably a lot of animals as well, but... but, but Really, I mean, you know, cyclists, pedestrians, all the people who we're trying to encourage to use our roads um, because it's good for the environment and it's good for our health. And the problem is that, for whatever reason, Southern California has a, a horrible problem with hit and runs, and um, that can be very, very problematic, of course, if you're in a regular vehicle, but it's even more problematic if you're a so-called vulnerable user. Um, if you are riding your bike down a dark, quiet road and believe it or not in los angeles there still are dark quiet roads and somebody hits you we we found one tonight trying to get into the studio actually (laughs) (laughs) i don't doubt it but um you know somebody hits you and they leave you on the side of the road um you know in many cases that person who hits you is the quickest and really sometimes the only person who can get help for you and you you already think i mean how I mean, let's be honest, what bad people these are, that they would do that. But, you know, my job, of course, as a lawmaker is to make sure that the laws reflect our values and that if there is a gap between our values and the law, that we do something to correct it. And so last year's legislation, AB 184, it simply raised the statute of limitations for prosecuting a hit and run. Um, You know, too often somebody can just wind down the clock. They can make sure that they evade being caught for a certain number of years. And if they do, there's nothing that prosecutors can do. And uh, there are real-life examples of this. Of course, there, there was a uh, young lady down in the South Bay portion of Los Angeles who was a victim of a hit-and-run accident. Her parents, and in many cases, you know, police resources are scarce. It's up to the victims. It's up to, it's up to us to try to find the perpetrator. And her parents did what all parents do. They, they went out and they pounded the pavement. They put up reward signs. And finally, uh, they, I think it was a tip, they were able to identify who had... Uh, who had hit their daughter, and uh, they, you know, but, but the problem is the statute of limitations had run, and so they were not able to obtain any justice whatsoever. So that's, that's, that's what AB 184 did. And then this year, you know, in response to a lot of, uh, in response to a lot of comments that people said to us that the penalties were not uh, commensurate with a crime, we introduced a different piece of legislation, and um, that one would change the penalties for for hit-and-run accidents, and I'm happy to talk about it if I haven't already monopolized too much time at this point already. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I I think we would love to hear more about what, you know, what this legislation does, and I think in particular how it changes the status quo today, because obviously, as we've been discussing for the last hour, the status quo needs to change. There, 
serious problems. LA is facing a serious crisis and in, in what you know I'm calling an epidemic. And it is. It, it really is an epidemic at this point. I mean, the proportions are of epidemic proportion. Yeah, it absolutely needs to change, and I'll tell you why. Um, most crimes, where when it comes time to prosecute you, most crimes are, you know, they could they could judge your mindset. They could judge very objective criteria. You know, grand theft. Did you intend to steal a whole lot of money? Well, that's grand theft. But with hit and run, it's really interesting because right now. Again, you go back to the, the image I painted. You're, you're, down, you're driving home. It's a, it's a quiet road. You hit a cyclist, and you send him off into a spin. Uh, at that moment, you don't know if that person is alive or dead. You don't know if that person is seriously injured or maybe just got scraped. But the weird thing is the law will prosecute you based on how bad that person's injuries end up being. So, you know, so there there are different penalties based upon the injury of the exactly. the victim, not the actual crime of exactly. hitting and running. Exactly, and our our point is simple: you don't know when you hit somebody, mm-hmm. you don't know how serious their injuries yeah. are. You need to stop now. Obviously, in the case of Damien, that guy knew darn well, but in a lot of these cases, in some of the most high profile ones, you know, the, the DAs have charged people with with even though someone's life was ruined and they were in the hospital for a long time and, and they, they had serious psychological damage and, and a fear of going back on the road and all sorts of horrible things, if really all that ended up happening is you got some scrapes and, and maybe a broken bone and the DA says, well, it doesn't really rise to the level of, well, at that moment, mm-hmm. that person who perpetrated that crime will not face any serious penalties. And so our new proposal would simply say if you hit anything with a human being, a car with a human being in it, a bicycle with a human being on it, uh, a pedestrian, if you don't stop, you lose your license for six months and you know, and possibly much more. But we, we want to send the message to people that by all means, you know, if you hit somebody, stop. Make sure they're okay. Call the ambulance. We're trying to prevent these crimes, not just punish the people, although we want to punish them as well. Are you finding that that proposal is, you know, getting a lot of support in Sacramento, a lot of opposition, or, or even down here in L.A.? What's the feedback you've gotten thus far? Well, the feedback in L.A. has been great. Um, and that's, that's mostly because I think people here in Los Angeles realize that this has reached epidemic proportions, as you said. In Sacramento, you know, nothing is easy. Um, there are people, you know, who, who sit on the relative public safety committees in both the, the Senate and the lower house, the assembly, who feel like there are probably too many new crimes and our jails are too full. And those are valid sentiments. And believe me, we get it. Uh, you know, we, we don't want to, you know, I've never been one of those people who believes that you should just uh, lock people up and throw away the key and have no hope for redemption. But this is really a different matter. I mean, this is, this is, these are real freaky, uh, I, I don't want to call them loopholes, but there, there are real significant vacuums in the law right now mm-hmm. where, again, I mean, it, it's just so goofy. You can hit somebody and have no idea how they are. You could have no sense of their safety. You could not have even done the decent thing, which is call 911 for the guy. And you, you will be a judge. Well, if, hey, you know, if you happen to be right and the person was okay, you'll just get a slap on the wrist. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and if that person happened to die because you didn't get medical help, well, then it's another story. But, but I just think that it shouldn't be like that. We should, the law should incentivize people to stop. 
And so, you know, we're, we're, we're going off that common sense principle and we're trying to get it through the relative committees, but it's harder than one would think because, you know, we already have an overcrowding problem at our jails and uh, there's people who are very hostile, this type of thing. And we point out that this doesn't necessarily fill up our jails anymore. It just requires in people being taken off the road and losing their license yeah. if they commit a crime this heinous. It, it would seem to be common sense that uh, if, if you can't control your vehicle and stop it when you hit somebody that you probably shouldn't be driving it. Um, yeah, it, it's simply a responsibility level of anyone who's on the road is to take responsibility for their fellow citizens. And if you don't have enough common sense to take that responsibility, then you shouldn't be on the road. It's as, as simple as that. Yeah, and, and, and you raise a very good point in the terms of you know personal responsibility. And you know driving, of course, as everyone knows, is a, is a privilege. It's not a right. And the way that drunk driving the way that we were finally able to make inroads with drunk driving in the 70s and 80s was with campaigns just like this. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's at my town corny, but Mothers Against Drunk Driving started with a group that reminds me a lot of you guys. I mean, this, this was just real people who had experienced a tragedy like this, who felt very vulnerable, and they got laws to change. And now the message, I don't know about you guys, but the message that has permeated the psyche of, you know, most of my friends and acquaintances is, it's not worth it. Don't drink and drive. You're going to go through a whole lot of hassle. You're going to lose your license. You're not going to be able to get to work. You're going to have lawyers. fees, And we have rightfully made it as difficult as it should be if someone, like you said, is so careless that they get behind the wheel of a, you know, a deadly weapon, which is a car, and they inflict this type of, of injury on their fellow citizens. And that message has gotten out. But for, for whatever reason on hit and runs, it has not gotten out. And so we have to do things. We have to try to change the law. And we have to do things like finish the ride. We have to try to bring awareness to it. Now, you mentioned that it's not always easy to get things through in Sacramento to get uh, new laws passed, particularly when they increase penalties. One of our themes of the conversation today is how it's really been remarkable in the aftermath of Damien's riot, of, of Damien's accident, to see the the number of different uh, stakeholders come together to see, you know, state offices like yourself, um, individuals like Damien. Nonprofit and community organizations like the LA County Bicycle Coalition, city level government like uh, Councilmember LaBonge's office and Councilman O'Farrell's office, really coming together and pulling together to try to make something happen. So I guess uh, my question is, what what can we do? What can the other folks sitting in this room and those listening on the air uh, do to help get this legislation through? Well, of course, um, it would always be great to make your opinions be known, um, to to reach out not necessarily to, to people who you think already are supporting it, um, although that helps too, but it would really help to reach out to other members of the relevant public safety committee and the assembly and let them know that this bill means a lot to you. Um, Tom Amiano, really great guy. He's a chairman of the committee. He's from San Francisco. Um, but, you know, I think it could help to reach out to him and to let him know that this means a lot. You know, San Francisco is a very different place from Los Angeles. They've had their problems, but they haven't been, uh, you know, necessarily as big as, as the ones we're aware of down here. And if you go to asm.ca.gov backslash Amiano, which is A-M-M-I-A-N-O, you'll find ways to contact him and let him know how much this means to you. Reggie Jones-Sawyer is also on the committee. He's a great guy, represents South Los Angeles, uh, letting him know uh, that this means a lot to you. Because ultimately, you know, it's my job to get this through the legislature, but, but you know, nothing is more powerful than real people coming forward and talking about their personal experiences. And so all help is so much appreciated. And if you just want to send us, if it's easier to contact my office and uh, 
let us know how you feel. We can pass it on as well. Of course, my website is either mikegatto.com or asm.ca.gov slash gatto. Wonderful. Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I'm, I'm particularly curious, you know, as, as both your staff member and, as I mentioned before, sort of a, a friend who looks up to you as a bit of a, a role model, um, you have now had two, two years in a row where you have taken direct action to address the hit-and-run epidemic in Los Angeles and across the state of California. Um, you know, is there a larger message you would like the people listening in tonight to hear or anything else you'd like to add? It is that activism really does matter. Um, I would hope that everybody listening considers themselves an activist in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, I've, I've already stated how much I admire all three of you guys and, and the work that you've done. But you know what? Um, getting involved really can change laws. It sounds so corny. It sounds, uh, you know, I don't know how it sounds, but, but, but the bottom line is it's true. I mean, um, uh, I respect you guys. I respect the work you've done. You have raised more awareness on this issue than so much. And, you know, again, this might sound corny, too, but, but you know, Damien, you went through a really, really terrible experience. Mm-hmm. Right? I would hope that there's a lot of other people out there who will not have to go through that experience because of the work that has been done by people right here. And um, I really appreciate it, just from the bottom of my heart. Um, this stuff is impossible to do without grassroots support, and uh, you guys are all my heroes. So thank you for your work on this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, Assemblymember Mike Gatto, the Assemblyman representing California's 30, 43rd State Assembly District. That's that's not good. I'm going to get yelled at for that at work. <laughs> <laughs> California's 43rd State Assembly District, Assemblyman Mike Gatto. Thank you for joining us on the air tonight. Great talking to you. Damien, one of the th- uh, things that you mentioned earlier was you know the tremendous outpouring of support that you received from the community in the immediate aftermath of your accident. Um, you mentioned the incredible treatment that you got at, at USC, yes? LA County okay. USC Hospital, yeah. I, I was, I mean, I have to say this is this is going to be a bit of a shout out for some people who have really gone out of their way to help me. I, I received some of the best care that I could possibly imagine at LA County USC Hospital, uh, their trauma unit. Um, you know, I've talked with the doctors uh, during and after since uh, my accident, and they themselves these are these are world class physicians, and they themselves said if they were ever in a traumatic accident, they would want to go to the trauma unit at LA County USC Hospital, and, and I understand why it was it was really a, an, an amazing team effort. You know, I rolled in there, and my left foot was so my right foot was you know gone, basically partially amputated in the accident, and my left foot was so badly shredded that it from all normal medical procedures. Uh, I shouldn't have kept that left foot, and they, yet yeah, my insistence, you know, really worked and went above and beyond the call of duty to try to save it, and they did. You know, it was saved, and it was very much a team activity from many different physicians. I probably had a team of about 40 different physicians, surgeons, and um, and then, you know, I, I transferred from there after being in, in the hospital for about three months there. I transferred over to um, Rancho Los Amigos National Rehabilitation Center, which um, surprisingly, is one of the top uh, ten physical therapy rehabilitation hospitals in the country, and it's right here in LA County. And um, they are really the state of the art in terms of physical therapy. And I, I rolled into there, and I literally couldn't sit up in bed. And within a week or so, I was standing. And within a few weeks after that, I was walking. And I, I literally walked out of that hospital. And whereas you know, just a few months before, I, you know, couldn't even think about getting up in bed 
or moving a single bone because it was so excruciatingly painful. And I and I walked out of there and their their physical. As therapy. I recall, you had originally given me a timeline of of finishing the ride and getting back on a bike. You know, at least a year after the accident was what the doctors had said. It's what your mother told me. And then I got a call in like uh, October, I think, saying, "So we're thinking we might want to do the ride around Christmas time." I'm like, "No, just no, that's not happening." <laughs> but it really was incredible that the treatment and the the speed with which you were able to bounce back. And I I say this you know, for the listeners out there, you can't see this, um, you know. But Damien, at one point while while sharing that story, put his hand on the table, and there's a very clear skin graft. Mm on his arm and his hand and it's it's incredibly powerful to see firsthand what the damage that this vehicle did to you and just the the true inhumanity that this person showed by by driving off mm-hmm. um you know but it sounds like you had the best medical care um I'm proud to say that Assemblyman Gatto's team you know dove in there and was there to to try to support your family and to apprehend this victim. Yeah. Um, my understanding is uh, Councilmember Tom LeBonge also became involved very early. What was his involvement? I, I can't thank him enough. He's actually um, he's become a, a close friend uh, at this point uh, of the family and supported finished the ride uh, to the hilt. His whole office has. But um, he stepped up uh, almost immediately and uh, made sure there was a $25,000 reward issued for um, any information leading to the arrest of the individual that hit me and ran off and uh, perpetrated this crime. And he was out there, you know, within a, a week or so of, of the accident when we realized that we had, you know, run out of immediate fresh leads and were starting to have to dig and search. And he was out there with my family, and I believe you were there also, um, you know, making making it well known to all of the media that this was not something that we were going to tolerate and that um, the city of Los Angeles was sponsoring a $25,000 reward for the guy's arrest. Yes. Um, JJ, you and I were talking earlier, and it, this brings me to sort of the one of the final points I wanted to bring up on the program, which had to do with the incredible almost I mean, just inspirational bringing together of various groups around Los Angeles, around the county, and even to the state level. And we, we were joking earlier calling it the, <laughs> the fellowship of the ring yeah. <laughs> with regards to hit and run. But, I mean, it, can you imagine a year ago before Damien's accident seeing a state assembly member, a, two city council members, numerous uh, community organizations, including cycling advocacy groups and and pedestrian advocacy groups, all coming together to sit at the same table and really work on this issue in a concerted way. It's it's so gratifying because I've just seen, you know, for years and years, I've been with the coalition and been an activist now, like for for 10 years. And uh, I've seen us on the steps of City Hall with all those kids who got hit on... um, uh, out in, in Culver City um, with their injuries, with press. Um, I've, I've been, we've led rides with press down to the city council after other people have been hit. And it just has always felt like everyone nods and shakes their head and goes, yeah, it was, that was terrible. Okay, bye-bye, you know, and then <laughs> that's it. And this just feels for the first time like um, something's going to happen. I just know it. I can feel it. And um, 
in conjunction with Finish the Ride, uh, we are writing a petition for everyone to sign um, that would support the legislation of the state level that we've just discussed and also um, at the city level to um, encourage the city to investigate, uh, add more resources so that they can investigate hit and runs and bring these people uh, to justice and and prosecute them properly. Now, that's you've been involved in this for quite a while with the Bicycle Coalition, mm-hmm. and you say this is one of the first times that it feels like something might actually come of it. Yeah, you know what? What else is the Bicycle Coalition doing to to continue the momentum discussing, you know, hit and run accidents and the greater need for for bicycle safety and bicycle infrastructure and pedestrian safety and infrastructure here in the city? Well. Um, one of the things that we we're the only organization that has uh, that does these. We we've been collecting uh, data biannually with our bike counts, um, and uh, you know the city has does nobody can <laughs> do, do this. So we get an army of volunteers, five hundred people out there at intersections all across the county, and you know LA County is enormous. Um, sitting there just ticking pedestrians, cyclists, so we can identify. Um, where people are biking, where people are walking, uh, whether or not they're biking on the sidewalk, uh, whether they're biking with a helmet or not. You know, we're really trying to collect the data for the city because um, that's going to help us as we put bike lanes down on the streets. Um, and this is a completely volunteer effort when we do these things. So you can imagine it takes a lot of our resources. And um, so, you know, the work that we do needs to be supported, of course, by members um, and other, you know, sponsors, et cetera. Like KPFK, may I add, <laughs> yeah. member sponsored, member supported. Exactly. Um, so that's one of the things that we've done. We also we have an education department, and we are um, we're teaching people confident city cycling. And one of the um, the first things that you need to learn as a, a cyclist on the city streets is you need to be visible and predictable. Um, those are, that's a very, just the first thing to, uh, that people learn and that I would say you have to know being out there on the streets, be visible, be predictable because you are with a flow of traffic. Um, but yeah, we have these confidence city cycling, uh, classes, uh, traffic skills 101. We've, we, uh, have classes all the way up to, uh, becoming, um, teaching you how to be an instructor as well of other cyclists. So um, with that program, you know, of course, we're hoping to create um, uh, cyclists who uh, are, are, are less likely to get into an accident because they're seen um, and they, they understand the rules of the road and also less likely to get cited, mm-hmm. let's be honest. Um, and again, that education department, I mean, it's not funded by any – anything in particular we need members we need members to fund these things um so if you are not a member of uh, la county bike coalition i really urge you to become a member it's only 35 dollars for a year that's just outrageous if you ask me i think it's a bargain um (laughs) (laughs) and of course your membership gets you discounts at uh, bike shops and uh, all over the county um, we've got, uh, a lot of local chapters that, uh, we, we support like walk by Glendale, um, and, uh, Santa Monica spoke. We've got 10 chapters throughout LA County and we're looking to add more. Um, and, uh, we also, you know, our mission is to make LA 
healthy, safe, and fun for cycling. And uh, the, the, we also bring the fun. We we create fun events like the River Ride. River Ride, uh, <laughs> bike prom. Um, all you, you guys have, have definitely know how to party. So you've been a few, to a few of these events? Oh, they're, they're a blast. Yeah. I mean, JJ is, is one of the more creative event producers that I've seen, and they have a number of events. I mean, everything from the for the serious cyclists, you know, like LA River Ride, which is just a great, great event. Uh, finish the ride, which, you know, LA County Bicycle Coalition is very much devoting a lot of energy and resources into helping to put that on. And uh, many other events that I've seen, constantly just community-based events that are just a blast. They're just a <laughs> blast to be at. Thank you. Yeah, our Sunday Funday rides, which are free to our members, happen the first Sunday of every month. And they run the gamut. They really do. Architecture rides, um, food rides, historical rides. They're fun. Well, we are just about out of time, but I do want to make sure – to mention once again, finish the ride. Mm-hmm. We are here with Damien Kevitt, who was the victim of a tragic hit and run last year that could have been more tragic, and he was able to walk away one leg less, but with more spirit than any person I've ever had the pleasure of encountering in my life. I like uh, to say they, they can amputate the leg, they can't amputate the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> he has put together Finish Thank the God. Ride. <laughs> Damien has put together Finish the Ride working with the L.A. County Bicycle Coalition and the Challenge Athletes Foundation along with Councilmember Tom LaBonge, Councilmember Mitchell Farrell, and the Office of California State Assembly Member Mike Gatto. Finish the Ride will be taking place on April 27th. You can find more information about Finish the Ride at finishtheride.org. Damien, is there anything else you'd like to add before we leave? There's a couple of other things. Um, Finish the Ride, as as I mentioned earlier, is really it's part of a movement. You know, if you, if you read the website and if you go on the Facebook page, you'll see it's it's not just a ride. It's it's part of a movement. And when you're joining that movement, you're becoming part of the solution on hit-and-run accidents and bicycle safety in general. But part of that movement is uh, March 28th. We are doing a candlelight vigil um, with uh, L.A. Critical Mass Bike Ride. We're going to do a candlelight vigil for all hit-and-run victims. And uh, this is actually part of a whole nationwide movement where we're actually highlighting uh, hit-and-run across the entire nation. So um, if you want to be part of a great ride there, it's a free ride, and uh, be part of that. If you can't ride, just join us for the uh, Candlelight Vigil. That will be posted on their website or on Facebook page for uh, Finish the Ride. You can go there. Um, And that's just going to be a fun, easy activity where anyone can join us and uh, just just come out there and be part of that. And there's going to be a lot of media there, and we're going to raise a lot of attention for that subject in general. I do want to say one thing, which is, you know, I've looked at the subject of hit-and-run accidents, obviously, from all angles, from both sitting down, looking up, laying down, uh, <laughs> looking at it from above, um, more that angles. Is, that is a very morbid pun. <laughs> very, very morbid pun. Um, more angles than most people get to look at a subject of hit-and-runs. And um, I really have to say that you know, hit and runs is really part of a – is a really a symptom of, from my viewpoint, of a growing moral decay in society. Because when you, you have an accident, you know, 
we're now having to do legislation to actually stem the tide of hit and run accidents, and that's that's a necessary thing at this particular point in time. But it's also common sense to stop and care for your fellow man, and and for the percentage of people who don't stop to be that high, that just indicates that moral values in society in general have generally, uh, you know, gone out the door. And and those moral values, you know, are are anything you know from your church, your commandments, your you know, it doesn't matter what religion or Boy Scouts or whether it's, you know, the way to happiness and, you know, moral values from that angle. The point is it, moral values are a basic of society. And when you have people who don't understand their basic responsibilities and basic moral values in society, um, you get things like an epidemic of hit and run accidents. And I'm addressing this particular one aspect, but it really does need to be looked at from all angles in terms of you know, how do you actually start putting moral values back into society? And that's that's an important thing. Well, thank you very much. That was Damien Kevitt, who is the founder of Finish the Ride and a survivor of a gruesome hit-and-run accident last year, who is now taking his story on the road to raise awareness for hit-and-run victims in L.A. and across California and around the world. We're also joined today by J.J. Hoffman from the L.A. County Bicycle Coalition. We were joined earlier by Assemblymember Mike Gatto, the Assemblyman for the 43rd State Assembly District, who is here to talk about AB 1532. And my name is Justin Hager. I'm the Press Deputy and Communications Director for Assemblymember Mike Gatto. Thank you to KFBK for allowing us to have the studio space today and to have this conversation. And thank you to all of you for listening in. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS feed link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkBFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group.